0: geo-targeting, repetitive ads, and toasters. That's what we're talking about on this episode of Sounds Profitable with me, Brian Barletta. I know that you're listening to Sounds Profitable because podcast ad tech is important to you, but it's important to me that you are kept up to date on the latest news from the entire podcast industry. To help with that, here's what happened last week, no matter when you're listening, from James Cridlin at Pod News. In the world of advertising and marketing, geotargeting is an incredibly important tool. If you go check out my article on the subject, it may bring you up to speed a bit. I'll list the link in the show's description for you. But where is geotargeting going? What's the next stage of this tool? To talk about it, I brought in a super knowledgeable guy on the topic, Jason Hansen. Here's what he had to say. So Jason, thank you so much for joining me today on the first recorded episode that we've done so far. You know, I want to introduce you a little bit. So I met Jason when I was working at Barometric, uh, and, and Jason works at Rapify. That is a gig economy ad platform, and they're very performance-driven. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Rapify?
1: Hey yeah yeah, thanks for having me. And as as we were joking about earlier, um I'm setting the bar low so your guests are only going to get better from here. <laughs> so I'm excited to listen to this journey that you're on. But it's r- really fascinating what you're doing in the focusing on podcasting. It's just it's such in the early stages and I'm a fan, so I'm I'm looking forward to it as as a a listener to your show. So thanks for having me. Rapify, you know, I'm not here to pitch Rapify, but you mentioned it. We're a gig economy ad platform. So we're what we do is we match where advertisers want to reach based on the uh, the demographics they're targeting in a specific market. We press a button, and that source that campaign zone sources drivers. So whether they're Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, DoorDash, Postmates, what have you, it sources drivers that drive in that area, and we put ads on their cars, and then. There's a whole, you know, way that we uh, we measure attribution, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit, but not to pitch Rapify, but just talking about how we use location data to uh, deliver that to our advertisers. Um, but yeah, our our goal is taking this. It's a very old school medium, out of home. We've been doing it ever since we were drawing, putting paintings on walls. Um, <laughs> when we were uh, cavemen, and we're going to take this, this, you know, this old school medium that's out in the real world and bring it into the digital space. Can we measure attribution? Can we make it more digital?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the show. Um, you know, I appreciate you not doing the full pitch and all that, but the the truth of it is, is that you have a really great background. First off, you you started in radio, and then second off, yep. Rapify is out of home, which is you know, the subject of this episode is related to the geolocation article that I wrote. And in podcasting, we get so little information to do any sort of lookup. And for geo, the only thing we get is IP address. And so with Rapify, I kind of wanted to hear like what data you guys get, how you do geo lookup, and then kind of turn on and see what you could do with a little bit less. Like what is what does that world look like?
1: Yeah, I think there's some great correlations there. And really. Our model, we've worked, we've we've started this, uh, we started this, our methodology for attribution. Um, it's been about two years now, and it's really scratching the surface as far as what data we're getting and how we're turning it into as close as we can get factual results that our clients see. So, I mean, what we're doing is we're taking the lat longitude of our drivers and we're matching that with mobile ad IDs of folks who are within 50 feet of those vehicles. So we partner with uh, data providers that have collected device IDs through opt-in. So it's folks who have given up the right to to share their location. Now it's, we don't collect any personal information, but we're able, we take that, that ad ID. And our goal is not to, we know we're not going to capture everyone because we're just, we're not at that point as a society yet where everyone is traceable we want to build up a large enough sample size to say, okay, in this campaign zone in Atlanta, for example, here is a a large enough sample size of folks who are around these wrap vehicles. And then we want to measure, did they take the intended action? But what's interesting is we take those device IDs, and this is where we work together before, we would match those device IDs with an IP address at their at their house and linking to other devices at their home because we know with out of home. And it's actually the same with radio. And I would say even the same with podcasting to an extent, people, your, your potential clients aren't taking that action right then and there because they just wanted to listen to, to Gimlet. They just wanted to listen to, to Joe Rogan. They didn't necessarily want to go buy tea or some, you know, some software at that moment. But that's why the importance of, of linking to device IDs at the home we want to measure did they eventually take that intended action through the repetition of, of seeing the ad on, you know, on the road or in podcasting, which is really interesting. um, You hear the same ad enough from, you know, you think of the godfathers of advertisers, MailChimp, how many podcasts did they, did they sponsor? And you hear it enough. What we want to do is we want to see taking those IP addresses. Did that household eventually take the intended action? Now there, there are limits there. And I, I was reading your article, really fascinating. I'd love to hear uh, you dive into a little bit because I think there's similarities, the limits that an IP address supplies to us in the out-of-home space and what it supplies to podcast advertisers in your space.
0: Yeah, so IP is really interesting because I did a test in that article and I connected through my home Wi-Fi, which had me within one kilometer of my physical address. and And it said it could get up to 10 kilometers away. But cellular, depending on if it was IPv6 or IPv4, had me anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours away. Wow. And I think that a lot of people look at Geo with a mindset different than what you just said, which is really cool, because we're both kind of in mediums that don't have a click, right? And so when somebody sees an out-of-home advertisement or listens to a podcast ad, there's nothing to click. They're not going to go to it immediately. And the focus of That part there is that it's more about where the user is at the time that they see it and the proximity or hear it and the proximity to the action, right? If it's online, geo doesn't normally matter. Anybody can hear an ad, anybody can see an ad and then go online and find it, right? If you're wrapping cars for Amazon or or you're doing a podcast ad for it. But when we were talking a little bit earlier before the show, you made a comment about local, And I think local is such a big thing that podcast needs to take advantage of that it's less about were they within that 10 kilometer radius that I'm trying to target or more, are they in a realistic driving radius from the car dealership that we're advertising? And I think that people in podcasting try and emulate digital so much. And I'm sure you have that battle, too, on your end, that it's not necessarily about the ad being physically close to that location you're trying to drive people to but within the maximum radius that you guys believe will acquire
1: that that lead yeah and I'm going to take you to the dinner table just as an, here's how I look at the media mix when you're eating dinner and you have you know a steak you have sides you have a drink maybe you have a salad and a soup you have several different applications for each of those items. I'm not gonna have, oh oh yeah, I just need, honey, let's just use a bowl, put everything in a bowl, unless I'm making like a a dinner smoothie and using a bowl for every single food element. You have a bowl for the soup, you have a salad plate, you have a steak on a plate, and then you have a fork and knife that you use for that steak and then a separate, like, I know I can go too far, I love food, (laughs) so those analogies come to me quickly. But we as marketers and advertisers, we love to try to take Every medium and morph it in that it has to be the same thing as uh, Google AdWords. Like the what we what we get or what we how we apply Google AdWords. Okay, now we have to to have uh, those same methodologies and the same results as we would want in uh, podcasting or out of home. Every medium serves its own purpose, and it's up to the advertiser to figure out how does this affect the buyer's journey. And how can I get the most out of it for this segment of the buyer's journey? So what we were talking about earlier, my radio days, you know, you look at national programs, national programs, and I'm simplifying this, but they would have their national spots that the advertiser would come in and say, it's uh, an insurance company, farmer's insurance. They'll serve everyone in, you know, whatever market that national program is broadcasting. What they care about is, does that psychographic, does that listener to that show, do they often buy insurance from our company? If that checks the box and we can afford the budget, yes, let's have a national spot that covers uh, every station that that program's on. and It's more of a psychographic buy where we see that that person can eventually become a customer. But the cool thing is, how those those programs work is, that national station leaves spots open for local radio stations to sell local spots so that the sellers in those local spots can go to their, their local tire shop, their local car wash, their local Ford dealer and say, hey, not so much about psychographic, but we have XYZ program that gets a lot of listeners from this location. And we know that it's important that you actually need people to physically walk in and buy tires. Um, actually, I, I bought tires from Amazon the other day, so maybe that's not <laughs> as important. But yeah, you know, that's besides the point. You need people to go in and, and buy a car from this location, or or you know, get their carpet clean from someone who's local. So that's where you have the ability to sell locally, and that's where I'm excited to see where podcast is going. Now, I don't want podcasts to turn into what radio was, because radio had to evolve, and that's why you we're seeing podcasting evolve and it's I don't think the goal should be podcast needs to be 100% digital or 100% what radio is it it's its its own thing but what i'm excited about is you know one day listening to a podcast and i hear from the host a product or service they're really excited about and that product or service can service anyone that's listening i know there may it's harder cuz podcasts go outside of the us but for the most part i think the box should be checked can we service 80% of the people listening to this podcast? And that's more the, the national approach. But then, I'm not sure you can tell me if this is happening now. Does Spotify, with the information they have, seeing that they're, you know, they're buying podcasts, do they have the ability to insert local spots where, okay, now we know we have Jason who's in you know San Francisco Bay Area. We're gonna have the ability based on his, I know it's IP address is limiting now, but what data my question to you is what data do they need or where does it need to get to where I will hear an ad from my local uh, car wash on a, yes. a national on a national podcast? Where are let me ask you that? Like when do you see that happening?
0: So okay, so the local aspect, first off, I, I gotta correct you on the Spotify thing because it's the hill okay. I like to die on, is that Spotify is not podcast advertising. Spotify is an app that has podcasts as content. And so when Spotify does their own ads for their own inventory, it's an in-app ad, right? So they have the whole breadth that Facebook and Google have. They know all of your history. They know where you are right at that moment. Dynamic ad insertion and podcasting is when you press play, it's going to call that host with your IP, your user agent and the content you're on. And at the time that they're in real time, they're building an MP3 To send back to you, that's usually unique to you, with the ads based on what the targeting they could accomplish were.
1: That's amazing.
0: Megaphone, who I was at for about a year uh, before I started, sounds profitable. Was had a local sales team. I believe they still do, and they were trying to sell just that, and it worked pretty well. But it's so interesting to me that that isn't a bigger part of it. Everything that I see in podcast advertising is such. Big brands. And we talk about, you know, how there are 1.6 million podcasts in the space, and everybody is trying to get Casper on their show, right? They're trying to get Neandis <laughs> and all these big ones on here so they can talk about how they don't, they don't personally sleep on the Casper mattress, but they definitely put it in their guest room. Their guest um, room. Yeah. And my mother in law <laughs> right? loved that
1: mattress. <laughs> yep. The same
0: copy over and over again. But that local one's so killer, right? And I think that, you know, while I'm trying to build up Sounds Profitable and I'm trying to do like the sponsorship aspect, realizing how much effort it takes to call people and get them engaged i can't believe that these podcasters aren't looking at their audience and trying to figure out like oh well i do have a hot spot here i might not be that big but i do realize that i'm you know in the northeast us i do pretty well oh well sonic is up there awesome that's a major brand hope i get them but also there's small car washes and there are other places with local chains and and things that could really benefit from it that are more focused and they'll find as much benefit in you as you find in them. Hmm.
1: So how far are we from, this is just top of mind. You know, I, I need to get it. We need to get a new toaster here. Here here we go back to food again, but we need to get a new toaster (laughs) here in the Hanson household. So, you know, I want to find one that easily toasts four pieces for all my kids at once so, you know, just doing a minimal research on a toaster. I know it's not that big of a purchase, but I like doing research. Anyways, how far are we from? We know Google's capabilities and Amazon's capabilities. I'm gonna to see toaster ads for days, far beyond my point of purchase. So I'm gonna to see toaster ads after I've already, you know, had three meals using the toaster. How far are we? Are are we even gonna get there? Is it important for podcasting to adapt? Maybe not that analogy, but something where it knows. Or does it already know? Does Spotify know? Because I listen to p- some podcasters, Spotify, what I'm searching for, what were my intent to buy? So will there be intent-driven targeting in the podcast realm? I know this is off topic. I'm just I was interested in hearing yeah. from you. <laughs> no, no on this.
0: I'm I'm excited to talk about it. I'm glad you're interested in it. So I think that when we move towards identity, so the you know, the death of the mobile ad ID and cookie. What we're going to see is a lot of these first-party companies that have all this data making it available to join together in services like LiveRamp and Nielsen and all the other data providers out there that are going to aggregate first-party data. Hmm. Before, when you were just looking at mobile device ID and cookie like Amazon or wherever you're searching, right? You're searching on Google, you're searching on Amazon for these products. They're cooking you and they're grabbing your mobile device ID from the apps that you're using. And they do get your IP address, which you're probably looking for that at home. I can't imagine that like you're out on your afternoon stroll and you're like connected <laughs> yeah. to cell oh, yeah, and cell <laughs> yeah. uh, and and so, so that IP address, which is the dregs of targeting in other spaces, because of identity because that is going to be what ties to a physical address or not exactly a physical address but like a digital representation of the home that will gain a lot more value now the hard part is is that these podcast platforms that do the targeting a lot of them aren't set up to buy data to ingest and pull in like Mm -hmm. other digital mediums so could you do that today yeah i i think that there are data providers out there that have interesting info about you. I wrote an article about intent to buy ketchup. And so if you were labeled with Nielsen as intent to buy a toaster, that would associate with your household's IP address. And that means anyone in your household could get an ad about a toaster. And that brings me back to to a point that you made about uh, about the car and less focusing on the individuals that see the ad, but the household, tying them back to the household. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing for you guys too without a home, right? You don't care about finding the individual person the ads in out of home, the ads in podcasting about starting a conversation or making somebody talk about something in their household. It doesn't matter if one person saw it; it matters what the household does with that information, right?
1: Precisely, because our goal is to reach a frequency of at least six to eight. Because in, with out of home, it's not the first time you see it. It's going to take frequency so that you start talking about it, you know, within your household and not just the word of mouth aspect in the household and how decisions are made but how research is done and how things are eventually purchased it starts a lot of times starts on the phone and then will move to an iPad or desktop depending on the, the size of the purchase so uh, it's very important to capture household for those two reasons because like you mentioned it's not just one person typically that's that's helping inform the decision but also where the decision is being made
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the second you take the click out of the equation, it's easy to make people realize that that decision can't be an impulse. And because it can't be an impulse, every person they touch and interact with on a consistent basis, who is a consumer of media and ads, uh, becomes a valuable touch point. And that, like, I really like that with geo and targeting digital households. I had an analogy once that, like, if I get an ad for a problem that I'm trying to solve, I'm probably going to ignore it. But then if my wife gets that same ad and she comes to me and she's never gonna say she got an ad for it, she's just gonna tell me about this new product she found for a problem I've been complaining to her about, I'm way more likely to listen to it. So boom. Yeah, yeah word think, of mouth. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's why the household's so valuable. The more people in the household, the more chance you get to turn like a targeted ad into an endorsement.
1: From where you're sitting is is this um, this not debate, but you know, looking at IP addresses in the in the podcasting space? Is it a do you see it as a conversation worth having? Meaning that it just needs to be farmed and, and developed further, or is it something that's almost I want to say not a waste of time, but it's basically something that's not going to eventually evolve and, and get better and help advertisers in in podcast advertising?
0: There was a stage in in, uh, in digital rich media, like mobile rich media, where I was at, where I felt like people were asking for the equivalent of, "Can we target everybody during the Super Bowl halftime show that's in the stadium?" And try and explain to them how difficult that reach would be, right? Not only like what percent of that population is, what ad networks they connect to, you know, the chance of them using their phone, the chance of them getting an ad refresh. And how to get in front of them? Like it becomes a non-billable event because it's so few impressions. And I, sometimes when we talk about geo, I feel like we're there in podcasting where people are trying to figure out like who's on what street. Hmm. I think that if we look at city and at a at a like most granular level, and more than that, even county and state, I think geo is killer. And I think that there yeah. are very few brands out there that you can't advertise to an entire state and get a ton of value from. Exactly. even on a local level, right? Like unless it's California and it's a Southern California only product and you're advertising it in Northern California, there people are pretty spread out. It's, it's pretty worthwhile.
1: Yeah. So that's how what, I want, like, I don't want to bring po- yeah, politics into it, but let's just look at political advertising. Yeah. If an advert, if you know, we're past it, but if, thank God, if I take it, yeah, I know. Well, actually are we, I don't know if we're past it. Who knows? <laughs> Whenever you're listening to this, let me know who's president. Um, <laughs> If I take a stroll through my neighborhood and I look at yard signs, out of home, you know, individually placed out of home ads on people's lawns, it varies. Like we had a local, we had a mayor election over here in my town. There are three different options and you can, you can see every, every name on the lawn. So you can see that the, the psychographic is really diverse here, just in my neighborhood. And if you look at it from a demographic standpoint, I live in a very diverse city, a diverse neighborhood. So do you do as an advertiser, do you need to get so granular that you know that, you know, white Jason Hansen, who votes for X or could vote for, for X, lives at this household? Or is my city important enough, like you were mentioning, maybe you don't need to go so granular, but does that IP address at least accomplish he lives in this area? they live in this area so let's target based on on area and focus more on that than than drilling down to the household level now when you're wanting to measure attribution and things that's where i think household gets more important but yeah i think i think we that last click attribution it's really messed us <laughs> it's messed up a lot of brains thinking i mean if i look at how i bought geico insurance geico's everywhere i don't know i don't know what it was I don't know if it was a banner ad or eventually it was, it came down to it accomplishes the job and I don't have to pay it as much. That was the reason, but how I got there. Yeah. I I remember their caveman ads. I've seen their, their billboard, their local agent who puts a billboard. I've seen they're on digital. Where, where does it get attributed to? I would say the planners and the creative agency that have, stayed in the conversation long enough to make me make a decision. They were brave enough to spend money in new ways and try out new things.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great place to, uh, to wrap this up. I think that you're spot on there. I think that these both mediums out of home or digital out of home, I guess you would call it for you guys, right? Because you have a digital component to it and podcasting are two areas that are so similar on both spectrums to analog, like radio, And like traditional out of home, and then also are so easily compared to true digital, right? Like with mobile ad IDs and cookie IDs that we're just stuck in the middle. And these people that stay in the conversation, that realize that another medium is just one more touch point that makes the other areas that you can granularly track that much more powerful, that much more successful, those people are going to win podcasting right now because the people who are just trying to steamroll it into another place where you can get all the cookies and the mobile ad ids and target by the exact individual and for what jason voted for those people are going to lose out on the the millions of other people that they're not going to be able to address so i really appreciate i appreciate you uh joining me with this and uh i guess we'll i'll put you on the spot uh what's a podcast you've been listening to recently that you like
1: i'll I'll do a new one um I've been listening i know this is sounds like such tech bro type podcast but it, it's good it's good they're called it's called my first million with the guys who made the hustle so sam parr I'm forgetting the other guy but what I like about it they don't just do the typical like interview someone who's done well in business and how'd you get there what'd you do they they dig it's almost like they uh they spitball new business ideas and where they see opportunities so th- for example, they may bring up something like podcasting, and then they would spitball with each other. Okay, how can it evolve as a, as a, as a business unit? Where do you see opportunities? So it just gets the ideas flowing. Yeah. So I've liked that. I
0: click on every single email that Sam sends because I'm on whatever mailing list the hustle adds you to because <laughs> they're, the subject lines are just like, oh man, did a friend send me this? So I got to check that one out. That sounds like it would be great. Well, thanks for cool. joining me. Cool. Thanks
1: for having me. Have a good one.
0: And stick around for some special bonus content at the end of the episode. I've teamed up with EvoTerra to give you a minute-long strategic thought that is guaranteed to shift your perspective on the present and future of podcasting, as we all work to make podcasting better. Thanks for listening to Sounds Profitable on your favorite podcast app. I appreciate you checking out my latest episode and hope you'll consider subscribing. Thanks to Jason Hansen for joining us this week and expanding on the Geolocation Misses the Mark in Podcast Targeting article. If you liked what you heard and wanna connect, you can find me, Brian Barletta, on LinkedIn, way less formally on Twitter as High5RPG, and of course you can email me, brian at soundsprofitable.com. The Sounds Profitable Podcast, and all cool ad tech bells and whistles you've experienced were thanks to our host and sponsor, Wooshka. Everything you've heard since the conversation ended was uniquely created to target you using their dynamic ad insertion features. If any of the callouts were wrong, let us know. Depending on how you're listening, there were over 10 opportunities to hear dynamically inserted content and ads in this episode. While we continue to tweak and innovate our setup, Some of the breaks may be more noticeable than others. Thank you for bearing with us and please send over your feedback. The Sounds Profitable podcast would not be possible without the help and support of Evo Terra, James Cridlin, Ian Powell, and Sam Mars. Thank you all for your help and support.